0: Hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. We just wanted you to know that we're so glad that you chose to join us today. And once again, welcome. Now what we're doing today is we're going to actually finish our series entitled Covenant with a message entitled Hope for Relationships. And I don't know about you, but that's definitely a message that I need to hear in the year 2020 when there's been so much strain on all of the important and foundational even relationships that we have in our lives. And so today we're going to be diving into this reality as a focus statement that we will better understand covenant when we know that it is meant to provide hope for all earthly relationships. We're gonna break the message down into four parts. We're going to talk first about disposable relationships. Secondly, we're gonna talk about covenant loyalty and strength. Thirdly, we're gonna talk about hope for broken relationships. And then finally, we're going to talk about restoration through Christ. So before we do anything else, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word to us today and we thank you that through it, you give us the hope of an eternal covenant with you and also hope for all of our earthly relationships. God, we pray that you would open our minds and hearts to that through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit today in Jesus name, amen. All right, so let's start by talking about disposable relationships. What we need to understand is that covenant reminds us that the relationships that God builds are actually not disposable. And that's good news in the midst of a culture today that often treats even the most important relationships in our lives as disposable. So we're gonna pick up today in 1 Samuel chapter 26 with the story of the Israeli hero David on his way to the throne of Israel, after being on the run from murderous King Saul, who was anointed by God to be the first king of Israel, but at the point of our reading, was deposed by God because of his perpetual disobedience. So let's start in verse one. It says, then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah saying, is not David hiding himself on the hill of Hakala, which is on the east of Jeshimon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hekelah, which is beside the road on the east of Jeshimon. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. Then David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped, and David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying with the encampment while the army was encamped around him. So what can we learn from this biblical example and what is God trying to teach us? What's God setting up here? Well, the last time that we had actually heard from King Saul was in 1 Samuel chapter 24, when Saul, King Saul, was actually affirming God's call on David's life. Now. This was a good moment in time on the heels of Saul's murderous pursuit of David, but it didn't last. And there are going to be people in your life who it seems like are always getting stirred up to cause trouble for you, even when you just want to be left alone. And this wasn't only true of Saul in this case, but it was also true of the Ziphites toward King David. And the Ziphites were once again inciting Saul to his murderous campaign against David and his men. And these were the same Ziphites who were previously attempting to aid Saul against David in 1 Samuel chapter 23. What I find interesting though, is that despite the good that David had done as commander of Israel's armies in service to Saul, and thus that would have also meant to the benefit of the Ziphites, the people of Ziph considered David disposable. But the question is not why they considered him disposable because they really didn't have relationship with David. But why did Saul, who was David's father-in-law and David being the favored commander at Saul's army, why was Saul so hell-bent against David? Well, Saul's heart was in a bad place. What we see from reading these last several chapters is that Saul, King Saul was self-centered. He was insecure. He was jealous and he was ultimately vindictive. That was what was marking his character. And because David threatened Saul's sense of place and identity in the world, David also became a disposable relationship for King Saul. And for us, we might point fingers at Saul and say, That's bad. That's really, really bad. (laughs) But we need to be aware of the same trap in our own lives that Saul found himself in. And so many people have been having a tough time during the pandemic, and not just during the pandemic, but all of 2020, and have been tempted to begin putting their issues on other people as if other people alone are the cause of their problems. This is what Saul did with David. Saul didn't obey God, and because he didn't obey God and was rejected as king by God, he focused on David as the threat, and David as the cause of his problems. He then considered David disposable as the object of his projected frustrations. And how often have we been guilty of doing that with other people before? I know I have. Having issues or ways that I'm sinning in my own life and really causing trouble for me, but me getting angry with the people around me because of the trouble I'm causing myself. Now, the problem is, is that what we don't do is we often don't ask, stop and ask the question, am I doing something wrong? But when there's a pattern in a wake of dysfunctional relationships in our lives, Could it be that other people are not the problem, but we're actually the problem? Well, it's a question that we need to ask if we're not going to continue this cycle of actually treating relationships, even the most important relationships in our lives, as disposable. We need to do some self-reflection and allow the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts to allow us to know what needs to be changed about us so that all of our relationships, even the most important ones, don't become disposable. Now, in this situation, unbeknownst to David, this would be the last encounter that he had with King Saul. And very shortly, God would complete his earthly judgment against Saul and he would be killed as a result of a battle with another people group called the Philistines. And if David had given up at this point, because Saul was continually in pursuit of David going forward and backwards, forward and backwards, saying maybe I'm gonna let David go free and then now I'm gonna kill him again. If David had given up at this point, it would have been too early. And the good news is that good news is that in David's example just like in ours God gives us covenant relationships to help us not give up too early and to continue to look to God for his promises even in the midst of the fight of faith and it helps us these covenant relationships help us to understand covenant loyalty and the strength that comes from it and covenant allows us to benefit from the strength of loyalty. And we'll see that as we continue the story in verse six. It says, then David said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and to Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zariah, who will go down with me into the camp um, to Saul? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there lay Saul sleeping with the encampment, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now, please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. And David said, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him or his day will come to die or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but take now the spear that is at his head and the jar of water and let us go. So what we see here is that David went down into the camp to address Saul and uh, to really once again say, you know what, regardless of your murderous pursuit of me, I'm going to show you once again that I'm um, I'm for you, not against you. I'm gonna show you once again that even though you're coming to try to take my life, I'm not going to return evil with evil, but I'm going to, to return your evil with good. And what we see is that it wasn't David having to stand in that alone, but he was able to do it with the covenant relationship that he had with Abishai because of the loyalty, the loyalty that Abishai expressed to David in the midst of David's plight, which allowed David to continue in strength, even in the midst of its plight. And what we see is that a developed sense of loyalty is greater than a mentality of treating relationships as disposable. And what people actually long for nowadays is the strength of loyalty found in covenant relationships. They know it in their heart of hearts. It's even what the proverb says, that what a man or a woman desires is unfailing love. That's what people are looking for in life. Not just companionship, but covenant companionship, loyalty that's expressed therein. But if this is the case, why are so many people abandoning covenant relationships today? Well, I think at least one example that helps us understand the mentality of it today is even the workplace environment. And as opposed to the workplace environment of our grandparents or maybe even our parents, nowadays in our workplace, there's really no expressed um, sense of mutual loyalty, even in the workplace. There's no pension anymore for workers. There's no watch given at retirement. People often feel used and many times abused and then replaced without even a regular mention of thanks. And maybe you felt this way before. And if it's if this is so, it's easy to begin to think to yourself, if this is how the company treat me treats me, and profits are the bottom line, why should I care? Why should I care? And if people in this environment that we live in today treat relationships as disposable, why should I even try? It's important, yet it's important that you hear this this um, during this time that you, regardless of how you've been treated, you matter. You matter to God, you matter to his people, and you matter to Christ's kingdom purposes. And covenant is what illuminates this truth and is the canvas on which loyal allegiances are painted. Now, why are these covenant relationships so important to experiencing the strength of God? Well, I like what Augustine, St. Augustine actually said, he said without friends, no one would choose to live though he had all other goods. And you could probably imagine that in the case of King David being perpetually on the run from King Saul, no matter what good he did. Yet even in the midst of that plight, David had Abishai. David had Abishai. And what was so significant about how Abishai related to David so that David was able to experience the strength of covenant loyalty was this acronym that I'm gonna give you. It's three things that I'm gonna say are involved in the acronym TAP that really demonstrated Abishai's covenant loyalty to David and the strength that David was able to derive from it. So Abishai was on TAP and gave David what it takes to be in covenant relationships. And those three things are time, awareness, and proactive availability, time, awareness, and proactive avail- availability, tap. So how did Abishai express this to David? Well, number one, he gave David time so that he could experience the strength of the covenant relationship. and the. Strength of the loyalty that he gave him. And it takes time sowing into the idea of loyalty to reap the strength of covenant relationships. Now you would think that it was the other way around that I would say that it takes you sowing into covenant relationships to be able to reap the benefit of loyalty But the reality is, is that we say it this way because it is you investing in the value of loyalty that will enable you to develop the covenant relationships that you actually desire. Meaning that because people don't have the idea of value or the value of loyalty actually embedded in their hearts when they're dealing with relationships they often treat them as disposable because they don't have loyalty as a foundational value but when you're in covenant relationships ordained by god given by god then you know that loyalty is the foundation of that relationship You sow into that idea, that value, and then therefore are able to, from that, reap the benefit of the covenant relationship. And as always, you need to look to give loyalty, give the time invested in loyalty before you expect to receive it. And you need to decide to be loyal. And when you are, you'll be amazed at the covenant relationships that God begins adding to your life. Why? Because you're known as a loyal person, someone who's invested their time into covenant relationships, being loyal to others. Number two, the A is awareness. Abishai expressed an awareness in David's situation as a covenant relationship, and awareness ultimately comes through relational proximity not always geographic proximity, but definitely relational proximity. And David and Abishai were in the flight from Saul, meaning being on the run from his murderous pursuits, and they were in the fight to make David king together. They had common concerns and shared experience unto God's ultimate ends. And many times when you're in the fight with those who actually have the word of God in them. I'm talking now to Christians. When you're already in covenant relationship with people who have the word of God in them, these people have been fasting, they've been praying, they've been believing God like David over a long period of time. What they need to hear is that you're actually with them. They need to just simply hear that you're with them. And being with people of covenant in their time of need is what defines the strength of the relationship. When people are in battle like David was, they need from people like Abishai, they need prayers, they need encouragement, not always instruction, but they need encouragement, and they need the support of presence. This is what Abishai did for David the battle what we understand for David wasn't just over because Abishai or his men weren't thinking about it the battle was still raging and it's still raging for people that you're in covenant with whether or not they're talking about it and you need to assume that the battle is not over until they tell you it is or they proclaim to you Christ's manifested victory in their situation This is how you express the strength of loyalty to them and have covenant in the covenant relationships that you have with people. So you have time, you have awareness if you're in covenant with people, but then you also have a proactive availability, a proactive availability. And this is also what Abishai offered to David. And the true mark of biblical covenant is dependability and availability. Biblical covenant is preserved through the Holy Spirit fruit of faithfulness. And it was Abishai who was willing, continually looking for an opportunity. He was looking for an opportunity to be involved and not just waiting for one to be dumped in his lap. He said, if I'm in covenant with David, if I'm here to support him and help make him king, then I'm looking for opportunities to be involved, not just waiting to be pulled upon And so when the call to go into Saul's camp came, Abishai was dependable, ready to be involved because Abishai remained close enough to David to hear the call and respond to it. He was close enough relationally to hear the call and respond to it. So David experienced the strength of covenant loyalty because Abishai was ready to be a support and be on mission with him. And in that loyalty, Abishai said, I'm going to fight with you. David, I'm gonna fight for you. I'm gonna stand with you. And when I'm able, I'm gonna be right there with you. And that's proactive availability. And by availability, covenant relationships also help us go into the enemy's camp to take out that which is threatening to our walks with God. Abishai was up and ready. He said, you know what? If this man, King Saul, is threatening you, I'm willing to go at the expense of my own time and my own life into a dangerous situation to help you go free. And for some of you during this time, it can be as straightforward as needing accountability with the things you're watching during your entertainment time, what things you're setting your eyes on that can actually be a pollutant to your soul. You need some covenant relationship to get into your camp and say, hey, what's going on in your world what's going on in your space come back out into the spacious places of god back to the life of holiness so that you might see god and actually come into his purposes this is what abishai provided for david abishai was willing to go with david to the camp of saul to do this yet when they got there abishai abishai was ready to put saul to death and the thing we need to notice here is that it's a proclivity and how often do people set themselves in resistance against some evil they fail to acknowledge god's ways and end up becoming the very thing that they're deposing so just as saul was ready to be murderous towards david abishai in his zeal almost became just like saul in being ready to put saul to death Yet David, thank God, because of the strength he derived from the covenant loyalty, refused to fall into that trap. And David said, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him and Saul's day will come to die and he will go down to battle in Paris, which he ultimately did. But the Lord forbid that my hand should come against him. And what our covenant relationships do is they actually remind us that our God is holy. He's holy, meaning set apart and altogether different. And he does things differently and therefore through the covenant relationships that he gives us and the strength of the loyalty within them creates in men a holiness that makes them set apart like him, makes them holy. And he teaches his people to walk in the opposite spirit than the evil we see in the world and look to God, not man, but to God for enduring deliverance. And when we have that type of perspective, no matter what's going on in the world around us, we're looking to God and not the ways of men for long-lasting eternal deliverance. What we have is hope for broken relationships. And through Jesus, there is always, always, you need to hear this, through Jesus, there is always hope for broken relationships. We see that as we continue in chapter 26, verse 17. Going on in the story, it says, Saul, after David, basically got to the other side and had both his spear and his water jar and said, hey, listen, Saul, why do you continue to pursue me? You can see once again, I've had mercy on you and spared your life. Why do you continue to pursue me? Saul hears this and is now responding. Saul recognized David's voice and said, is this your voice, my son, David? And David said, it is my voice, my Lord, O King. And he said, why does my Lord pursue after his servant?" For what have I done? What evil is on my hands? Now, therefore, let my Lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you up against me, may you accept an offering. But if it is men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out, of, out this day that I should not have no share or heritage in the Lord, saying, go serve other gods." Now, therefore, let not my blood fall uh, fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek, seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do you harm because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. And what we see from this example is clearly that finally Saul wakes up a little bit. He says, once again, David spared my life. David did the right thing. Even when I was doing the wrong thing, I was breaking the relationship. I was breaking the covenant that we had with one another. But David is once again doing the right thing. And because of David's godly right response, Saul has a wake-up call again. And what we see is that over and over again, the source of broken relationships is stubborn pride where people don't own up to their faults. Yet at this point, because of David's godly example, Saul comes to his senses and says, I have sinned. I have sinned and return, David Return. Let's come back. Let's try this again. And he offers hope for the broken relationship. And what we need to understand is that admitting that we are wrong and asking for forgiveness is powerful. If you want your broken relationships to be restored, learn to admit fault and ask for forgiveness. This is the definition of confession. and It is the precursor to repentance. Confession basically means admitting your faults, acknowledging where you are in disagreement with God's ways, and repentance means changing your mind about that sin and going God's way instead, doing a 180. Repentance is the bridge to restored relationship with God and any person, but it takes humility and it needs to be a practice and not just a one-time event. Saul had this one last moment where he could have made things right. That's the sad part about it. By standing firmly in this place of repentance, Saul could have provided some sort of healing for David and his men, and ultimately Saul could have saved his own life. Saul could have made amends with God and with David and saved his own life. Unfortunately though, Saul continued in his sin until his death. But this does not have to be your story. It does not have to be my story. We can receive our wake up calls, admit our fault, and actually have the hope of restored relationships with people. There's hope for your broken relationships, but you've got to ask yourself the question, what fractured covenant has been damaged in your life and is now eating away at your soul? And who do you need to contact to make peace with today because if you can do that then you can actually walk in the covenant strength of christ why because jesus calls us to live in his covenant strength to live in his covenant strength and when king saul continued to talk to david in this chapter in verse 22 it said that david answered and said Here's the spear, O king. The very thing you were trying to kill me with, I give it back to you. I say, here, take it and do right with it now. Here's the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and take it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight. So may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. And so what we see is that if God is calling us to walk in his covenant strength, it comes with identifying that first, which was a threat to the relationship, calling it for what it is putting it on the table having difficult conversations removing the offense of them right and then actually saying i'm pledging my goodwill towards you just as i spared your life david said to saul may god now spare me and may we have the opportunity through the strength of God and his grace and his spirit to come back into covenant peace with one another. The truth is, is we've all fallen short at some point and over the course of our lives, at some point we'll do damage to the most important relationship in our lives, whether it be big things or small, because of the sin in our lives. And we've all broken faith with God and should be disposed of because of our sin. Yet like David in Saul's camp, jesus comes into our lives to deal with what is killing us he comes to deal with it so we don't have to go in that way anymore though we deserve death jesus walked in the opposite spirit to come and give us life jesus lived perfectly spoke wisely and healed not only physical bodies but he comes to heal relationships graciously And just as David spared Saul on the hill of Hecala, Jesus went to the cross at Calvary to take the punishment for our sins. And because Jesus was sinless, God the Father raised Jesus from the dead and through our repentance gives us the opportunity to do the right thing now, to come to repentance, to come to faith in him and actually do the right thing by the strength of his covenant with us. Now Jesus actually, as we repent and turn to him, literally models. If we don't know what loyalty and covenant relationship looks like, we can look to Jesus. And he models for us what covenant should look like today in our living dynamic and relationship with him. Jesus gives us his time inexhaustibly. He's aware of our every need and fights for us continuously. But how do we walk in this covenant strength of God? Well, he made it very plain for us through the apostle John when he talks about how we should live in this posture of restoration and loyalty and the strength of it this way. He said in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. if we confess our sins just like saul did he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness my little children i am writing these things to you so that you may not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous He, meaning Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus literally models the covenant loyalty to us that he expects us to show to him and to other people. And Jesus is loyal to us, even in the midst of our shortcomings and our failures. And he calls us to treat one another the same way. This has been a hard time for everyone. And it's caused pressure, it's introduced pressure on many of our most important relationships. And it's caused fractures in many of them. But God doesn't want to turn it over to the enemy. He wants to use you to be an example of the covenant strength of God in other people's lives by the grace of God. And when we are found in Jesus, we have the ability to do this because, unlike Saul, our identity and our place are eternally secure in him. We don't have to worry about humbling ourselves, we don't have to worry about t- taking the low road by g- basically admitting our faults and saying, God, would not only you forgive me, but asking for forgiveness from others. It's okay, God's grace will be there for you for the sake of those important relationships, those covenant relationships in your lives. So let's give our loyalty to the King, to King Jesus who models it perfectly for us today. Who Jesus, because Jesus is the one we can actually trust with our days. And he's the one who will actually enable us to live in true covenant with people, the people who call continually on his name, by his strength, by his power, by his spirit. And in doing so, we'll no longer treat relationships as disposable. But instead, instead of that, we'll have the benefit of covenant loyalty and strength. We'll have hope for many of our broken relationships, knowing that they can all be restored just as we've been to God through Jesus Christ. So if that's you today and you say, you know what? I want some of the most important relationships in my life that have been broken to be restored. I wanna pray first for you. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now who've really experienced the pressure of broken relationships during this time, and God, that they've not known how to restore them. God, I pray that they would have the conviction of the Holy Spirit today, helping them to know not only their sin, but also the righteous ways of the Lord, knowing that through the cross, you've saved them from judgment. God, and I pray that you would help redeem broken covenant relationships whether it be marriages whether it be relationships within the church whether it be familial relationships god i pray that even during this intense political climate god that you would redeem them today to your great glory and by your grace in jesus name and for those of uh, your people who say you know what god i've heard of this covenant series but i don't know who my covenant relationships are and God, I, I need you to identify them for me and give me the courage, the faith, and the strength to pursue them and to sow into them with loyalty in mind. God, I pray that you would give people who are at this time lonely family through your church and give them the ability to walk in the reality of covenant relationships by the power of your word and the revelation of your spirit today and always from this point forward in Jesus name, amen. Now, for those of you who say, you know what, I've heard this message as well, but if I were to stand before God today, forget other people who are around me, I know I would be at odds with God. God would have to judge me because I've never come into covenant with him, but you don't want it today. Would you pray this final prayer with me? Almighty God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. And I know that I've lived in rebellion and in my own way in selfishness and I deserve death and hell. But today I say I don't want it and I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus lived the perfect life that I should have lived. And on the cross died the sacrificial death I should have died. And three days later, because he was innocent, you raised him from the dead so I could have forgiveness of sins and new life in you. God, I proclaim Jesus as my Lord today and ask you to make me a new creation. In his mighty name, amen. Now, the good news is if you prayed that prayer, God's made you a new creation. And would you go with me to secondcitychurch.com slash new life. There you can find not only next steps, but also resources to help you walk in this new covenant life with God and his people in Jesus name. We are so glad that we are able to be in covenant with Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and really have the hope for all earthly relationships through that covenant with Him towards one another. And so let's continue in our community groups um, this week, strengthening those bonds of covenant relationship. And again, we'll, we hope you have a wonderful week in the Lord. Please do bring a friend next week and we'll see you then. God bless you and have a wonderful week. We love you.